Today on UnleashCast, I talk to Sheila Jaganathan. She is Global Head of Capacity Building and Digital Learning at the World Bank. She's also a lifelong learner. She serves as the organization's focal point on digital learning and issues at the intersection of technology use and education in emerging countries. We talked about the 60-year curriculum. What's that, you might ask? Well, you'll have to listen to our conversation to find out. It's not dissimilar to lifelong learning, but it's kind of the next iteration of that way of thinking. We also talk a little bit about her session at Unleash America upcoming, why it's so important to unlearn what you've learned, and also how ESG goals have come to the fore over the last few months. Catch Sheila at Unleash America on the 26th, 27th of April. But for now, here's my conversation with the World Bank's Sheila Jaganathan. Sheila, thank you so much for your time. We're going to be talking around some things that might appear in your session at the upcoming show in Las Vegas, Unleash America. Um, so my first question is about ESG, environmental, social and governance goals. It's an area uh, you work within. It's become certainly foregrounded in the last 12 months. Uh, what can HR teams do to push the ESG agenda forward in their organization? Thank you. Um, it's a very important question in these days because especially in the last 12 months, environmental, social and governance, ESG, if you will, issues have become increasingly prominent in the corporate world. This trend has really been driven by a combination of factors, the growing influence of the younger generation in the workforce, the job shift caused by the fourth industrial revolution, and the heightened awareness of the need for sustainable business practices. The pandemic has brought to light the interconnectedness of these global issues, highlighting the importance, the critical importance of sustainable practices in ensuring business resilience and continuity. Now, HR teams, and I understand a large part of the audience uh, for this conference, uh, will be HR leaders and others, um, uh, other related players, HR teams play a critical role in driving the ESG agenda within their organizations. Now, in terms of practical actions, they can start by incorporating ESG considerations into their recruitment, retention, and talent management practices. For example, they can prioritize candidates with a demonstrated commitment to sustainable and social responsibility. And they can also ensure that employees have access to uh, relevant training on ESG issues and are encouraged to engage in initiatives that support these values. Now, HR teams can also work with senior leadership to develop and implement ESG policies and practices across the organization, including reducing carbon emissions, promoting diversity and inclusion, implementing ethical sourcing, supply chain practices, and so on and so forth, and not just internal leadership, they can also work with external partners to collaborate on sustainable initiatives and communicate the organization at large uh, ESG efforts. So just to summarize, the increased focus on ESG is driven by the range of factors that I mentioned, including the pandemic and changing demographics and and so on, and HR teams can play a critical role in driving the ESG agenda within their organization, working closely with uh, internal and external partners, as well as senior leadership. Yeah, there's plenty more to say on this, and I dare say that we'll be hearing 
a lot of people uh, talking about it, not just in talks, but also on the uh, show floor as well. Um, another area of interest is the 60-year curriculum. Give us an overview of this and, and how, if this ties in at all with the idea of lifelong learning. Right. So um, business as usual in terms of learning is no longer relevant because um, of a number of things. You know, in the old model or traditional model, um, we were uh, learning school, high school, college, maybe for the first uh, 20 to 22 years of our life. And then we would work for the next 40, perhaps, and then retire in your 60s. Now, this model is giving way to a number of newer models, partly because one reason uh, we need to think about new models is the fourth industrial revolution and how jobs, um, the stability of jobs as we know it is changing quite a bit. And upskilling, reskilling, and skilling at large is needed um, more continuously, you know, and not just learn for the first 25 years or 20, 22 years and then work. We need to come in and out of learning throughout the phase of life that we are working because the skills are changing. Part of it is technology and so on. The other dynamic one needs to keep in mind is that people are living longer and working longer. Many, many people are working into their 70s, mid 70s and so on. And again, skilling, reskilling and upskilling is the currency of the labor market today. Uh, without that, you will not be relevant. And so the 60-year curriculum, actually, the real driver of the 60-year curriculum is uh, the job market and the length of life. And actually, it was um, a movement started by uh, Dean Lambert at the um, Harvard uh, Continuing Education School, who is one of the leaders of this moment, there've been many others. And it's really a new name for lifelong learning. And I call it in my latest book, Digital Learning for Sustainable Development, published in 2021 by Routledge, I call it life-led learning. But really it's, um, it's an initiative that's focused on developing new education model that enable each person to reskill as their professional and personal context shift. So basically, it's that idea that the learning for the first 22 years of your life is no longer relevant for our personal and professional context. And the 60-year curriculum enables you to come in and out of learning for a 60-year work life so that you are skilled to take on new jobs or upskilled to perform better in, your, in the job you're in. It's a really interesting way of looking at a term that's been around for a long time, a term that I'm kind of fascinated with, because I personally, I, I definitely believe that um, learning isn't confined to, certainly confined to the, the years of being a child and uh, a teenager as well. And it's something that we should certainly take on board um, for the duration of our work life. So um, thank you for that explanation. Um, and and I, I just wanted to add here that, um, uh, you know, this um, this is evolving, you know, like you said, lifelong learning has been around, but 60-year curriculum is kind of a new pathway to that, that we look at in the relevance of 
a very volatile VUCA world, but also in the context of the changes of the fourth industrial revolution to jobs as we know it. Uh, actually, there's a consortium at Harvard, and I'm also part of it, that's looking at how can we look at it in the long term? In, in the long term, maybe it's a subscription model where alumni of a particular school pay a certain percentage to get this in and out of learning throughout their career. So lots to evolve in the next coming years. Certainly, yes. Talking of jobs and their evolution, how would you suggest that we plan to learn for jobs that don't exist yet? Jobs that you know, careers, jobs, job titles, areas that are kind of in development and we don't really haven't really scoped out how, how they would fit into the rest of the jobs market. How, how can you do this? So interesting question, but it is really relevant in the times we live. And I wanted to start off by framing the context. Um, Richard Riley, who used to be the former Secretary of Education, he said, we're currently preparing students for jobs that don't exist using technologies that haven't been invented yet to solve problems we don't even know are problems yet. And that um, sort of encapsulates the world we live in. And I think, um, you know, another example that comes to mind is many of the new jobs offering good income potentials, especially in the emerging world, but world over, um, and this is largely because of the fourth industrial revolution, didn't exist a few years ago. For example, more than 4 million app developers in India earn decent livelihood, as do about 400 organic farmers in Uganda or 100,000 youth engaged as um, laborers in China. And this comes from a report published by the World Bank. So I think a couple of, couple of important sort of behavior as well as uh, techniques to keep in mind is one, uh, we need a different strategy. And this goes back to your previous question. In order to prepare for jobs that don't exist um, and to solve problems that haven't become problems yet, I think we need um, a, a continuous and life-led learning strategy. Um, uh, I talked about skilling, upskilling and reskilling, and this is important of your career as we now do it, but as a life-led strategy. The other thing in, in to keep in mind, which is more behavioral, is um, unlearning. Uh, it's not just about learning and reskilling and capacity development, but it's also unlearning to make way for new learning opportunities. Um, and um, so, and I think we deal with it a lot when some of the technology that we're dealing with, like AI and blockchain and Internet of Things and so on and so forth, are completely turning existing jobs on their heads. And so we really need to unlearn. Um, the third thing is more for professional training organizations, but also for the learner is that there needs to be a focus on skills and capabilities, not just on degrees and qualifications. Because um, a lot of uh, feedback we get through reports and surveys and so on is even an engineer, uh, a person who's gone through a four-year engineering degree, sometimes employers feel that they don't have the skills to hit the ground running. So I think a focus, a renewed focus on practical skills is what employers are looking for. And that is what I think um, 
professional training institutions as well as academia uh, needs to keep in mind. And related to this, we need to also look at a different model of credentialing. Is a four-year degree or a two-year undergraduate degree or a two-year master's always the best uh, method? Or are there more uh, short-term credentials that can give you this flexibility to to continuously reskill? You know, these can be like um, specializations, um, micromasters, and others that, for example, um, ed- edX, the Harvard-MIT MOOC platform offers. So a lot of different approaches need to be thought through. Uh, and so just to summarize the need for thinking of learning, both for the professional and for the training organization as a continuous life-led event and providing opportunities for that, Viewing learning more holistically, formal, um, such as class, classroom and digital learning, informal in the workplace and peer-to-peer learning, social, on the job, you know, these are all going to be very, very important. And um, a final two points is that we need to focus more on hybrid skills because it's not always siloed, you know, for example, uh, today an urban planner needs to not just know urban development, but they need to know data science and visualization and so on. Soft skills are critical in the man-machine interface, so communication, teamwork, collaboration, creativity, these become very critical. You know, they are what they call, what the people call power skills, transversal skills that will Uh, hold you in good stead, no matter which direction you're going. Thank you so much for your time today, Sheila. Before I leave you, before you leave me, um, I've got one last quick question about the event. And and simply, uh, what are you looking forward to? Uh, Are there any particular speakers you're interested in or just um, taking in the atmosphere of Unleash America? Yes, taking in the atmosphere above all seem to have an impressive lineup of speakers so looking forward to that and particularly i like the way you've organized the conference around the four stages of uh, talent and recruitment hr technology transformation learning and skills which is something i'm very much looking forward to as also the future of work so good luck to the event and looking forward to it great stuff yeah thanks again sheila for your time and um see you next month in las vegas Thank you. Thanks for listening to UnleashCast today. If you made it this far, then there's a very special offer just for you. That's a discount on the entry price to our upcoming show, Unleash America, taking place at Caesars Forum on April 26th, 27th, 2023. When you get to check out, type in the code POD10, that's POD10, and receive a 10% discount on the ticket price. There's amazing speakers at Unleash America this year. We've got Estee Lauder, we've got Coca-Cola, we've got McDonald's, Elliot Maisie speaking, Visa Card, a collection of some of the best thought leaders in the entire world, all coming together in one place, that's Caesars Forum for Unleash America this April. So... That code again, when you go to checkout, type in POD10 to receive 10% discount on the ticket price. Don't miss out. We'll see you in Vegas.